Welcome back to Embodied Wellness Radio, a podcast framed around creating the happiest and healthiest lives that we can create through nutrition, movement, mindset, hormones, psychology, and so much more. Sarah Shorten joins us on today's podcast to speak about a topic that I think will be a huge resource of information for women, especially in a time where it's very confusing to express yourself. The topic is female sensuality. And this is perfect because Sarah is a love, sex, and relationship coach that is on a mission to help women and couples thrive using mindfulness and tantric-inspired practices. Sarah, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I do go under the the title of love, sex, and relationship coach, but What I really love to do is to specialize in helping couples to develop clarity on what they truly desire to experience in their relationships, and then to become essentially the experts on how to love one another. And I began that journey because I myself was so entranced by the art of relationship and how much personal growth was needed in order for me to feel truly safe and happy and, and yeah, to thrive in my own relationship. And I also love working with women to connect to their radiance, to their sexual confidence, and to bring more pleasure into their lives, which is so needed. Yeah, it's definitely very uh, a needed space and often overlooked in the health and wellness space. We focus a lot on what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your body, and all of these kind of really tangible and feasible ways to improve. And a lot of the time what we're missing out on is that energetic connection and that connection back to yourself where all of this stems with that allows you to show up as this confident and beautiful and embodied woman, both for yourself and also in your relationship. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about what female sensuality even is and kind of how you can describe that embodiment of female energy and confidence. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Well, one thing I did want to say first off is that to use the word feminine, to use the word masculine has its limitations and that femininity versus masculinity is really best described as a spectrum of expression that is unique to each individual. And that the word feminine, I believe, and I think a lot of people would agree with, can be characterized by qualities such as like softness or surrender, but also alternately by sort of wildness and power. And so when we're, and when we're talking about sensuality, I really see that as when you're living so fully in your life and so fully inside of your own body that you can really tap into your own aliveness and to the full, um, that, yeah, the full range of emotions, of sensations that you are capable of. And so for those that are, that identify as being a woman, and live inside of female bodies, it is an incredible resource, an incredible journey to be able to feel so deeply centered in your own uh, sensuality, in your own body, because that's where your power lies. And it also is where a lot of the, um, yeah, like the ability for us to to make space for all the things that we truly desire involves getting onto the level of the body. And so, yeah, so when I 
think of female sensuality, it's like an art form that you can connect with that allows you to feel like the best version of yourself. And that's something that you get to decide on. Like you get to decide what that looks like for you. But um, I know that for many women, they feel as though many women spend a lot of their lives prioritizing the, yeah, when it comes to safer to sex or to their, their daily lived experience, you know, they're prioritizing others a lot or prioritizing what they think they should do. And I'm really interested in women tapping into the authentic expression of their own bodies and of their own desires and really getting clear on those things so that they can have the kind of life and the kind of relationships that they truly want. Yeah. And do you think that when you're doing work with women, that it's important for them to do some work to discover this on their own before they try to discover that in a relationship? Because for some women, as you mentioned, there is this kind of prioritization of other people and of men, especially in a sexual space. And it can be uncomfortable for them to try to discover that with their partner. So would you find it more beneficial for women to involve some like self-pleasure practices and deeper connection to themselves before understanding how to show up as that confidence and that power in a relationship? Hmm. I definitely see what you're saying. And I, I think there is a, there's a ton of value in say a woman that who is, would like to be in a relationship or who is currently single, spending that time connecting with their own body prior and connecting with their own desires and the, the truth of who they are prior to moving into a relationship. But I also think that there's space for that to occur anytime. Like and it, occur, it can occur and during uh, when you're amidst a relationship as well. It's really like, you know, deciding to start that journey or deciding that this is something you want to prioritize in your life more. But that being said, I mean, if you are um, a single person, then connecting with your yourself through uh, self-pleasure practices through yeah the you know the, I can go into these in more depth but through just like things that allow you to on a daily basis to feel more connected to your sensuality can absolutely help you to not only to make clearer and more in you know more in alignment choices when you're dating but also to help to increase your magnetism to for you to feel like you're, you're um, yeah, like your most, your most uh, true and lit up self while you're dating. And um, yeah, and then essentially just to be able to navigate that whole field from a place of feeling centered in yourself and centered in the, the really the amazingness and the radiance of who you are. And that's what I truly want women to experience is to just be in love with themselves, to fall in love with themselves, with their bodies, with their their desires, their the the choices that they make uh, to feel like the things that they do are enough and that they matter and that they are worthy and deserving of all the things that they want. And um, yeah, and that you know if um, whether they're in a relationship or not, that they have the the right and the ability to speak up for those things and to to own those things. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no, no denying that getting to know your own body and getting to know your own pleasure unto itself is going to help you to, to yeah, feel better in every aspect of your life and whether that's on your own or in a relationship. 
I feel like this past year of all of these Rona lockdown situations has been horrible for so many people in many different ways, but it's also given a lot of people an opportunity to step into their greatness in so many different other areas of their life. I feel like this is a circumstance, for example, that is allowing a lot of people, if they put their mind and their energy to it, to allow them to step into that uh, self-empowerment through their sensuality. So for the people that are in a relationship, at least they have a partner at home when they're spending most of their time at home and they can work with somebody through that. But I think we need to have empathy for all of those individuals who are by themselves 90% of the time, which is very hard. Humans are pack animals. We need connection with people. But it's very hard to connect with people on an honest basis when you don't have that um I would say emotional intelligence and self-awareness to be able to do that truthfully without putting up some sort of a, a mask of who you really are. So if we could step back even a little bit to what you said about there's certain practices that women can use on a day-to-day basis that allows them to find that sensuality with themselves. Right now is a really good time for people to take those actionable items and bring them into your life. So what are a few of those actions? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> one thing I would say for sure, one that that. I think is a really good starting place is exploring your own body and taking the time to do that in a really curious and, um, and loving way. And non-judgmental. So you can wake up in the morning and immediately begin to breathe into your, yeah, like breathe into your belly, breathe into your pelvic floor. You can offer yourself sensual massage and, and loving words through your touch and give yourself the opportunity to connect to what you really, essentially what what is it that you most need to hear or um, what is it that, um, yeah, that is gonna feel like the medicine for you in that day. So, and, and just on a sensual level, like by caressing your own skin and taking deep, deep, full breaths and, centering into yourself uh, sort of setting the stage for like i'm i'm here i'm present i'm connected to my body i i love my body i have reverence for the 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 curves and the shapes and the folds of my body and i and i want to commit i want to commit to listening to it fully and to Speaking kindly to it, and um, yeah, and also to, to really exploring like what is it that that is that brings me pleasure, and you know if that if that it can be something that is as simple as just staying with your your breath or staying with um, gentle touch, or you can absolutely move into self pleasure, and but yeah, I think that starting starting your day with something that is like a ritual for self-love and connecting to your body is really powerful. And uh, something else that I, you know, I I just would love to see as more and more humans doing, but um, women especially is, is checking in with themselves and and really making it a priority to uh, find out what it is that delights them. Like, what are the things that, like, really bring them life and excitement? And whether that's a certain kind of music or dancing or colorful food or, um, or like, yeah, I absolutely love having a long extended phone call with my girlfriend or I, you know, I'm 
um, I want to just like take the rest of the night off and like do nothing other than have a bath or watch my favorite show, like really connecting to, um, to permission and to pleasure and romancing yourself and delighting yourself essentially. Like, like if you, um, <laughs> yeah, like in this, in a, in a moment to moment basis throughout the day, like, I don't know, for example, like today for me, I was like, I really want to put on these badass earrings. <laughs> they are like, pretty badass. And I was like, and this like, it delights me like to, to <laughs> wear these and to have that sparkle. And, um, and uh, yeah, and then like, you know, when I'm making my breakfast, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, what kind of music do I want to play? And I'll just like play something that, that to me is like, you know, I don't know, like 1960s, like, like Motown or something. It just <laughs> like gets me grooving and feeling good or, um, and then I'm like, okay, like, what do I like really want to, like, what would be my ideal breakfast? I'm like, okay, like I want this, like I want peanut butter toast and like this kind of a smoothie, like just really as, as opposed to it being, uh, the, these are things I have to do today. And I have a, a series because I do have things obviously that I have to do like, but like along the way weaving in, like. I want to make pleasure a priority in my life and I want to enjoy, uh, I want to enjoy as much of my life as, as possible. And, um, and so, yeah, so like you can make a list of things that delight you. You can just pay attention to the things that do and then be like, okay, hey, like that's a thing that I like love having in my life. Like I got to make that a priority. Well, um, I think we should definitely do that actually. And what I was going to say is we can make kind of a, I like what you said about creating kind of a, a morning ritual. Like obviously it doesn't have to be so stagnant and structured all the time, but having a, a, an actionable place to go back to and go, here's three things. If I didn't quite feel like myself yesterday, here's three things I can do today in the morning and nighttime that I can draw me back into me. So I was thinking what we could do even after this podcast, once we're done talking is we can create a little thing for people where they can do these three things in the morning. Perhaps it's, perhaps it's breath work and meditation practice and three things at night, such as like a bath or, or a certain massage that they can perform in themselves. Like that could be an awesome resource for people. So after this podcast, we'll figure that out, but people can find that at embodiedwellnessco.com slash blog slash zero zero seven. You get to be 007. That's pretty awesome. That's, that's our seventh <laughs> podcast. So pretty exciting. But if people want some of the awesome resources that we're going to provide, you can find it there. I also love the, I also love the note of inviting pleasure into things that you're already doing, because I think that there's a disconnect between women feeling like they have to make time to to do something they love. I have to set aside time. I'm so busy. When the better question is, here's what I'm doing today. How can I invite joy and pleasure into those things? You're already making breakfast. Why not make it a pleasurable experience? You don't have to set aside an hour each day to take care of yourself. You can really invite this mindfulness meditation practice where you can bring this joy and bring this pleasure into things that you're already doing. It doesn't need to be a set time or routine. If you feel like you're really busy and you're kind of stuck and you don't know where to start, start with the things that you're already doing and ask yourself, how could I make this pleasurable? How could I show up to this experience with joy? So I really love that you kind of noted on that. And that's actually something that I do every morning in my morning routine. I look at my schedule. What do I have to do today? And then the question I ask myself is, how can I do these things with joy and excellence? 
So I'm not just going through the day and executing mindlessly. It's like, I'm going to show up as my best self in all of these things that I get to do. I don't have to do them. I should do them. Some of them are my responsibilities, but really you can bring joy into anything that you're doing and it doesn't have to be a set aside time. It can be just moment to moment, you reflecting and really tuning into yourself. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh yeah. I love that. Like, I love hearing that you said the joy and ecstasy for yourself. That's so cool. That's uh, yeah. And like, I love that clearly those words resonate with you. And like, when you say them out loud to yourself, you're like, oh yeah, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh yeah, I know what, I, I know what it means to access joy and ecstasy, you know? And, um, and so somebody else might have other words that resonate with them. Right. If it's like, but, um, yeah, I mean, it is, um, I think it is so important that we, we try to not have our, our own self-care feel like another thing on the to-do list. And it is a really good strategy for sort of loose, uh, lessening that, that mental load by just saying, yeah, what, and the things that I'm doing right now, like, how can I get more pleasure out of this? How, what could, what would make this more pleasurable? And it, um, it can just make it everything. And that, that sort of, that question is fun unto itself. Like it's, it, and as you continue to ask yourself that question, you, uh, and, and continue to follow that path of, of like, yeah, of just exploring fun, then you just naturally start to feel better and just start to, you know, feel more radiant, feel more like yourself. And, and, uh, and that really benefits not only you, which I believe is the most important thing that your energy is for you first and foremost, but like, but then it benefits everybody around you. And it really, um, because, and not that, like the last thing I would want is that for people to think that they need to be all in joy and pleasure all the time. In fact, there's a whole other um, side of, of embracing female sensuality that involves full uh, emotional liberation and really being in your all of your emotions and allowing yourself to express them. Um, but um, but yeah, undeniably, like, you know, your whether it's your, your partner or your friends or like, you know, people want to see you enjoying yourself and being happy and, and pleasing yourself. And it's a, a like a, yeah, a, a, a woman that is in pleasure and a woman that is, uh, is feeling, yeah, like excited about life is, is a, is it is a blessing to the world basically mm-hmm. it's like that that quality of feminine energy of, of feminine radiance is such a blessing to the world it, so does, we, it lights uh, a whole room up i feel it's magnetic yeah, and exactly. it influences others to allow them to have permission to enjoy themselves as well and i think mm-hmm. that one thing that could also be really beneficial for a lot of our listeners is that physical aspect of connecting to energy in your body so It's kind of interesting because a lot of us are so focused on physical activity as moving and structured workouts, et cetera. But if you ask a lot of women today to like dance by themselves or do something like a hip circle, even if there's nobody watching, many women still feel this guilt and shame like, oh, this is kind of weird. Am I going to be judged? And so I love what you said about just that gentle touch for yourself and also giving yourself freedom to move and to be curious about movements and excitement and pleasure in your own body by things like dance or just moving freely. And so really bringing this connection back to the fact that we shouldn't feel guilty or awkward to move in this like physical earth suit vessel that we're given. But unfortunately, because there's been so much stigma around 
female sexuality is that many women feel uncomfortable to even move freely in their bodies as well. Well, I think there's a reason for that, though. I mean, we're looking at a, a genera a generation really of hypersexuality on social media, for example, and it's really tough because you see these women who are embracing. Yeah, maybe it's dance, maybe it's movement, maybe it's all of these things that are, are really good. And they're trying to put it out there to people as a, look how good you can feel. But the problem is, is there's this almost commoditization of, of dopamine, really. Every time a new woman puts that out there, they're dancing and they realize, oh, people are liking this. And all of a sudden you get this response of uh, all these people liking the photo, commenting on the photo, but it's not always inducing like this positive effect for people they feel like it's positive in the beginning and and the initial um act of doing it the meaning is meant to be good but it ends up creating like this element of insecurity really because as soon as it is being produced then on social and being documented all of a sudden there, there's another attachment to it of just that so i think this is a very tough topic um and we, we've talked about this and I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble finding a, an end point of where is the fine line between hypersexualization and um, leaning into your sensuality as a, as a man or, or a woman, really, it doesn't really matter. But um, is the issue with the documentation of it? Because you can do all of this stuff on your own. I know lots of people that do it on their own. Sarah sings all the time. There's no issue with <laughs> that at all. I'm always singing and dancing she's, around the house. She's always singing and there's nothing wrong with that. But all of a sudden, is the issue where when you film that in a scantily clad outfit and then posting it on social media, is that empowerment? Or is that justification for empowerment, but really just looking for a dopamine response for yourself? It's yeah. a tough topic, but it's been bothering me. And I've been trying to find a good way to answer this. And I, I know we're going a little off script on this one, but I feel like you yeah, would be one of the better people that. to ask. Yeah. 100%. I mean, we're, yeah, we really are in a time like no other in history where we have so many more choices about how we can express ourselves, at least in the Western world. And yet, um, and also find ourselves inundated with mirrors of other people and images of other people and, uh, and, and are constantly in this cycle of wondering whether we measure up. And so, you know, shame and comparison culture, and especially among, you know, especially among women, but among all human beings is so prominent. And I think when it comes to how you express yourself sexually, whether that's online or in your everyday life and relationship and or when nobody's looking like the core thing is that to me what matters is does it feel like the truest expression of that individual and is that what they really want to is that what really feels like their yeah for them their their highest expression of themselves and whether they choose to share it or not. And it's, um, I, I personally think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to share images of yourself being sexual online. Um, I think that, or yeah, whatever it is, being in your, in your sensuality, in your confidence. But I, I do think it is important to acknowledge and name what it can bring up in women and what it can bring up in men as well. And what, um, and, and have conversations about that, basically, like around 
if what is it if if you're not if you say for example it brings up a feeling of that I'm not enough then how can we care for that and how can we um yeah like how can we connect with the what what it is that is is true for you and is that something you'd like to be doing and and who who would you need to be or or what would what would need to feel safe in inside of yourself in order to do that you know because we all have different experiences that color the level of safety that we feel in our sexuality and um the and that's and we we have stories conditioning and that really can yeah can have a profound impact on the choices that we make and the way that we we feel embodying our sexual self so i mean yeah maybe our culture is more more sexualized than ever but it it there still is so much shame around sexuality and that's something that i i feel so strongly about helping to to heal is that like instead of it being that there's something shameful about this that there's something common and shared and um and beautiful about this among humans and that um and that we all have our own sexual story and we all have our our own unique things that that yeah that turn us on that you know are to us the the like the pinnacle of of living your fullest sexual self or the what you want to experience in um, as a sexual being, and uh, and I'm interested in how does each individual connect to that in their own way, <clears throat> and and to work with the shame that comes up around that because it doesn't mean that shame won't ever come up, um, but like that how do we yeah, how do we work with that shame and 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 gradually move towards a feeling of of confidence and empowerment and safety uh, as much as possible within the context that we're living in. And, uh, but yeah, the, um, so <laughs> I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that's definitely like, yeah, those are my, my general thoughts on that, on how it shows up in social media too. And, and, uh, and it, and it, and I think like we could all stand to probably turn down the volume on the amount of things that we're taking in on social media. And if something is feeling like overwhelming or too much, then uh, it's a good opportunity to look at that and to be like, okay, hey, like, you know, I'm, I want to do some healing work here around this. And, um, but uh, yeah, and it's an opportunity for growth, basically. Like if you get triggered, it is an opportunity for growth. <laughs> the, so one of the, the key things that I loved hearing from you right there is saying that um, do it because it feels right in your soul, not because it feels good. Because I think that's where a lot of the issues are stemming from is because you could maybe post a very scandalous selfie with your tits out, nips barely covered, and you get 300 likes. And that one cute guy that you saw at the gym the other day, he liked that photo and you feel good. But... Now you have it in your mind that you have to continue doing that. And instead of living in your empowerment, it's more of a self-objectification, I feel. I could be wrong. I just, I feel like from my perspective, and of course, I'm a guy, I'm looking from a guy's perspective, but I've always looked at that as being a more, a scandalous thing rather than living in your, in your soul of, of what is 
true sensuality and expressing yourself. And that's not the same thing. And that's, that's the difficulty of this is it's a very fine line, but I think you answered that question very well. I think one thing that's also important to note is the intentionality behind it. Am I doing this because I feel beautiful in this photo and I felt like a million dollars and I really wanted to express and to show this side of me? Or am I doing this because I'm attached to the outcome that I think is going to happen when I put myself out in this way? Is this true for me or am I allowing others' truths to rule my decisions? And I think this comes back to giving yourself permission to even understand your desires because to some extent we've blocked that we've gotten into this idea I should do this I should do that and like even listening to Sarah isn't it refreshing to hear somebody who's just genuinely happy and is doesn't it seem lovely like when you're listening to this you probably smiled when she was like oh I just bring pleasure into my life like we want that but we've almost blocked that from us like Going back to the idea of dancing, if you ask a lot of women to dance, they'll be like, oh, well, I don't know how to dance. And it gets very uncomfortable. Like That's like saying, I don't know how to breathe or I don't know how to meditate. We can all do it, but have you blocked off the ability for you to express yourself freely because we become so attached to other people's truths, blocking our connection to ourselves? And I think this is where like permission and self-reflection are so key. If you don't ask the right questions, you're not going to get the right answers. How can you expect yourself to show up as confident and happy if you've never done the work to understand what you even want? We've just Mm -hmm. been indoctrinated into what we should want, what other people want from us. But if you've really never asked yourself the question and gave yourself permission to not only answer the question, but to act on the answers that you are given you're always going to feel some sort of a level of disconnect because we really need to nurture that self-relationship and that understanding of our own desires and what really brings us pleasure outside of what anyone else is doing, in my opinion. Yeah, answering the questions without judgment, but also without justification based on your insecurities. Because we can always ask ourselves a question and then answer it the way we want to hear it. I have a lot of problems myself that I'm dealing with. And I thank you for helping me with that. But I could answer those questions with the justifications based on those insecurities on the answer I want to hear. And that's never going to help me. But that kind of goes back to the same topic of emotional intelligence and self-awareness. If you don't have those two things in place, it's very hard to ask those questions. And yeah, sometimes unpeeling the onion might mean you're going to sit there and bawl and cry because you realize you've been living a lie around that certain topic in your life for a long time. And it is very difficult. But once you do that, oh, the freedom you feel. The ability to have any conversation with anybody. I'll tell another guy that I cried to a country song because there's a certain line in that song that made me feel a certain way. I don't feel (laughs) weird about that. They might look at me a little strange and be like, dude, really? But it's just my truth. And I think that's uh, another just point to add on to that. But what you said there was beautiful. And also um, that it's okay. It's okay if you're listening to this and you're 30 years old, you're 40 years old, you're 50 Mm. years old and you don't know what you want, it's okay. It is never too late to nurture that relationship, to take the time, like there shouldn't be any guilt or shame around like, oh my gosh, I have i don't really know what I want and you're asking me this question, like it's okay, right? Be gentle with yourself, be tender in the questions you're asking and the time it takes you to figure out the answers, you have the rest of your life and this is a lifelong process of 
we change, our desires changes. It's really a moment to moment basis. So if you're listening to this right now and you're feeling a little bit lost or like, how could I not know what makes me happy? Just know that it's okay and it takes time. And that when you spend the time to ask the right questions and allow yourself to go through all of the emotions and all of that resistance to get the answers, the payoff is so worth it. So do your best and be patient with yourself. So well said from both of you. And yeah, it's honestly like a powerful journaling exercise. And I come back to you on a regular basis, which is just to ask, what do I really want? What do I really want? And then if once you have an answer, you can ask yourself, like, and why do I really want that? Like, and keep deepening into it. And why, why do I want that? And what, why is that important to me to really, uh, yeah, just start to carve out the, the, the truth of, of your, you know, really of, of your original essence, like who you really are and uh, to give yourself. And then the, we come back to that word, which I love is just permission and the permission to pursue those things and to, uh, to believe that they're, um, that you're worthy of them and that there's uh, that you'll be supported on your you know, on your, or, you know, that you'll find community that will support you on your journey to pursuing it. And, and really, um, yeah, because an, another thing I really feel strongly about with the word permission is just trying to take a lot of that shame and self-judgment out of our, out of our lives as much as possible. I think, especially with women, we have a tendency to just judge ourselves so harshly in every aspect of our lives. Like, and, and, and so part of permission is like, Maybe like you do something that you, you know is not the best habit for yourself. You kind of are like, you know what, I'm just going to give myself permission for right now. Or like, um, or I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to acknowledge that, okay, that maybe isn't the most in the highest alignment with me, but I'm going to try to forgive myself almost immediately and really just be like I'm doing my best and acknowledge yourself, acknowledge the things that you are you know, that you're kicking ass at in life and, um, and the ways that you are so successful and, um, and so lovable and to just basically just be a little bit easier on yourself. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, yeah. And that's why, and then to be like, okay, well, now that I'm, you know, when I'm, when you can revisit that place of self-compassion of, of, uh, of self-acceptance and, just recognizing, okay, there's areas here where I want to grow or things that I want to look at more clearly and honestly, and that don't feel integrated, like that feel like fragmented parts of myself or something. And, um, but, uh, you know, you can always start now, like you can always start in one, yeah, in the next breath and, um, and choose again. And so, yeah. So anyway, just permission to, for all the wildness of the journey and for it not to be perfect and, uh, and to, yeah, to go after the things that really matter to you. I love that. And so we touched a little bit earlier on how you love helping people in their relationships figure out their true desires. And I know that many people who are living with their significant other likely in the past few months have spent more time together than you probably have in a long time. And so for many people, this is beneficial. For some, it might have brought up a little bit of tension. And so I think it would be really useful to give the listeners a few action items to allow them to show up better or to kind of strengthen their relationship with their partner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, one thing I do really recommend is that partners create a 
time, maybe once a week, where they have an opportunity to check in with each other more deeply, to ask one another, like, okay, like, how was this last week for you? Or like, what's something you'd really like me to know? Or uh, what's something that you're... Uh, you know, something you're afraid of. There's this beautiful, simple practice I use with couples a lot, which is called desires, fears, and loves. And you can ask your partner, what is it that you desire? And then they have an opportunity to respond. And all you do is hold space and listen. And then uh, after you can continue asking them, what do you desire? What do you desire until they feel complete and then change, change um, over to the other partner. And then you can do that with, what are you afraid of? And then you can also do that with, what do you love about me? <laughs> when you're asking about Which, desires, what do you mean by desires? Hey, Denon, Just, what do you love about me? Let's go oh, back to that one. <laughs> that's going to be a whole podcast on its own. <laughs> Have you got time for that? Um, when when um, we're talking about yeah. desires, like, is that physical? Is it your space? Is it, babe, I really need the dishes done? Like, what, what are you talking about with desires? Um, so yeah, that, that's a, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, essentially, I would say when it, when it comes to asking the question, what do you desire? Either it can be answered from purely what is alive for that other individual, like whatever comes to mind, like it could be in the greater realm of their life, like in their career, or it could be in the context of the relationship or their health and fitness or whatever, but it can be something more general, or you could also do a desire, fears and loves just around the relationship where you say, mm. what do you desire for our relationship? Or like, what do you, and abs or what do you desire sexually? Like, absolutely, you can do mm. it that way too. And um, and then do that about, <laughs> see, there's so many fun ways to work it, basically. I like this, and, uh, I like this. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then you can do that about, and the thing is that's great about the what are you afraid of is that it tends to bring up some of those deeper rooted issues that are just kind of brewing beneath the surface that, like to need to get brought up to attention for, for love and integration. And then at finishing with what do you love about me? is just such a nurturing thing to do for the, for your partnership to connect to the reason why the two of you are absolutely, you know, why you choose this, like why you choose to be with one another and uh, the, and yeah. So who does like, who doesn't love receiving that? Right. Mm -hmm. um, it can be difficult sometimes to receive it, but uh, in general, people tend to, to, to really enjoy that portion. Um, and so, yeah. And then also I, I'm a big fan of something called a love action list where essentially each of you writes down the specific things that allow you to feel most loved or really speak love to you. Um, uh, whether that's like, I love it when you like play with my hair and stroke my hair or I love it when you um, <laughs> tell me how like how good I am in bed or like I love it when you drive me to I'm not gonna lie sometimes my partner drives me to work I like driving me somewhere or like you know what is it is whether and there's of course many people have heard of love languages and that's always an interesting topic to get into with your partner like and it kind of falls under that same category of talking about of getting yeah like you know with a love action list, you, you can give a specific blueprint over to your partner of this is how you can love me better. Basically. I think and, a lot uh, of then, guys need to read that book. Like if, if you are in a relationship and your man is not, well, I, even if you don't know what the love languages are, maybe you and your partner could read that together. Cause I read that a few years ago. And for me, it was, I started talking and telling people about it. I was like, have you read this book? Cause for me, there was so many just mind-blowing moments i was like in 
past relationships, I'm like, I missed so many of these cues and I could have showed up better. And it's so exciting because to then move that forward. And obviously Sarah and I, we talk a lot about these things. We're very open with each other, but I think how many of my friends and people I know um, who could have even just as it's a very simple read, but yeah, the five love languages, it's an amazing book that I recommend a lot of guys to look into. Cause I feel like most guys aren't as tuned into these things as, as much as especially women are. Um, so ladies get your man that book. And I think it's important to also set aside time to nurture your relationship. So rather than living or existing as like roommates and friends, Oh, we really love spending time together. We love physically being together. We love having sex together to, ask those important questions of this is a relationship. This is an energetic exchange and it needs to be nourished. And we need to ask questions of how to improve it, what's working and what's not working so that we can continue this for a long time. Because I find there's a lot of the times we don't take time to nurture our relationships and things get brushed under the rug. And this is where a lot of issues start to arise, not only with other people, but also with yourself. And so I love what you said about taking the time to ask these questions and to hold space for answers without getting defensive. Because being in a relationship, we have almost this layer we need to peel back where I might ask a question and I get an answer that I might not be ready to or want to hear. So rather than being defensive and like, oh, well, you know, I do a lot of other things or like I'm trying my best, hold space for it. You don't have to respond. You can just listen to what your partner has to say and you can go away and you can sit with that and you can think about how you're going to improve on it. And so I think another important aspect is going into these discussions, knowing that you might hear something that might be triggering for you and that you just need to hold space for what your partner wants. Because if I get triggered and I act out of a triggered response or I seem offended, my partner is going to be less likely in the future to show up with their truth and to be honest with me because I had that emotional reaction to what they had to say. And look, we're all busy. Everybody's busy. Most people nowadays are are working 12 to 14 hours a day. That's not an excuse to avoid these conversations. And it's especially when you are as busy or perhaps you are entrepreneurs like us, um, you need to have those decisions even more, so those conversations even more often. Yeah, and that, that's something that I teach with couples and, and demonstrate and, sh- and encourage couples to do a lot, which is to the art of listening without needing to fix or uh, just wanting to uh, argue and or prove them wrong and uh, just to really create an open field of, of space for anything to exist. Yeah, so um, yeah. And um, last thing I'll probably add to things you can do with your partner is every now and then just like spoil each other. Like all the little everyday things are to me like the most important, but also just like giving an opportunity like to massage one another for like, be like, I'm going to give you a full body massage. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be like incredibly often. Trust me, if you do, if you do this one time, um, one time in a month, your partner will remember it. But uh, yeah, like I want to like, I want to gift you like, a a time where you just get to receive like all the things that I know that you love and go back and forth and do that with each other every now and then. And, you know, make a, make a little bit of time. It can, you know, even like 15 minutes of that goes a long way. So I think it's um, tough for people, right? Because at the end of the day, love is a choice. Um, after a certain amount of time, we lose those chemicals that rush through our body during the first time we obviously meet that person, those chemicals eventually go away. 
But it also goes away with ourselves because we can be so hard on each other or on ourselves on a day-to-day basis. I know I am, I've got enough things going on. And if I don't do one of those 16 things in a day, I'm like, I've failed today. And that's not fair. So we need to commit to the fact that love is a choice long-term on both ourselves and our relationships. And if we can do it with ourselves, we're going to be able to show up in our relationships so much better. But Sarah, I'm so happy that you came on the podcast today because I think we covered a bunch of topics that are um, have probably been on people's minds and have been maybe hard to talk about in, in their friend groups. And I really hope this can be an amazing resource for people to use. So if anybody wants to take a look at the notes that we've taken or the actionable resources that we, we've written out for this podcast, please visit embodiedwellnesscode.com slash blog slash 007 to find some of the show notes. But where can people find you at, especially if they want to come to talk to you about either themselves or their relationship? or anything else um well my my website's under redesign right now but you can still contact me on instagram love sarah Deanne, um and or love sarah Deanne at gmail.com yes that sure. I, i'll have a website up in the next month and Yay! what is what is the website because people might be listening to this a few months uh, after the website's up for example yeah that's love sarah Deanne.com. i love it <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was definitely a much needed conversation for a lot of women. And we are so grateful to have had you on the podcast. Oh, thanks you guys. I had fun and uh, yeah. Blessings to all those that are listening or watching. Amazing. I hope to see you in person again soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. This podcast provides general information and discussions about health and related subjects. The information and other content provided in this podcast or any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. If you or any other person has medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider and seek other professional medical treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you may have heard on this podcast or any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast are of no relation to those of any academic, hospital, health practice, or other institution.